Hey, coming up on the next episode of Unpolished MBA. Israel has like more tech companies per capita than anywhere in the world. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Is that how you ended up getting into tech? Yes and no. I okay. used to be part of that high tech scene in like, there's a huge high tech scene in Jerusalem, but I left it. I managed a bookstore for like five or six years. Hello, Unpolished MBA audience. I'm having a conversation with Arit right now. You guys know, I meet so many folks on LinkedIn, brilliant people that I bring to you all. So Arit, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's sure. just an honor. And thanks for joining me. I want everyone to know where you're located. So I'm located in Israel, in Jerusalem. And I'm maybe biased, but I think it's the most beautiful city in the world. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I was wondering because I didn't even realize that when I first connected with you. That just goes to show people business is universal. But, you know, Israel has like more tech companies per capita than anywhere in the world. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Is that how you ended up getting into tech? Yes and no. I okay. used to be part of that high tech scene in like there's a huge high tech scene in Jerusalem, but I left it. I managed the bookstore for mm -hmm. like five or six years. And oh, wow. then I were, I, yeah, I left it. I My great grandfather opened a bookstore here in Israel in 1908. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't working in the family store, but so I managed a bookstore and then I went, I had babies, I had kids. Yeah. I took like a few years off and then I came back and I worked for a startup and that's how I got back into everything tech. When you said you you worked in a bookstore, I was just like, wow, that's really cool. I wish I could just work in a bookstore or work in a library and read all day. And yeah, you don't read all day when you work in a bookstore. That's what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I hear. So that's why I'm always wondering how that experience even was. I know it had to be, you know, give you a chance to kind of collect yourself after having your family because the tech world can be kind of treacherous. Well, so first of all, bookstores, it's hard work. You're on your feet all day. You know, don't it's tell like me that. You're, you're making I my loved dream it. look crazy. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I worked in a fantastic chain with a fantastic boss and it was just, it was brilliant. When I got married, my clients, I worked in a huge store. So my clients, when everybody heard that I was getting married, they're like, you're doing the wedding here in the store, right? Because we want to participate. So <laughs> it was like, it was a great experience, but it's very hard work. You do not read all day. You do get books for free to read at home but you don't read all day. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So I know we keep talking about like what you do and we keep mentioning tech and blah, 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 but we never quite told the audience, like, you know, the kind of work that you do now, you're an entrepreneur right now, right? Yes. Though I don't call myself that I call myself a business owner because it's a different mindset, but yes, that's absolutely. True. So tell me what you, what you would say the difference is define that for us. Well, an entrepreneur is someone who has a great idea and wants to bring it to life. And that's actually what I help them do. A business owner, it's not just me and, you know, thinking this big idea and how do I bring it to life, whether it's like on my own as a solopreneur or with a, a team that I assemble. That's the word I was looking for. As, you know, you're, you're an organization. So there's an org chart. And sure, when I start, I'm the one filling up all the positions in the org chart. But as I grow, you know, I'm going to hire a marketing person. I'm going to hire a copywriter. I'm going to hire an assistant. I'm going to expand the business slowly 
but it is a business. And when you think as a freelancer, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, you're thinking, it's just me. And so I don't have to do all these processes and systems. And that's what I do. I think of those processes and systems. And when, you know, when you think of a small business, you're like, oh, I don't need it, but you do. Yeah. Only when you realize that it's not just you, it's even if it is just you, there's, you don't want things falling between the cracks. Then you're like, wait a minute, this is a proper business. This needs a system. It's interesting that you say that because people think because they don't have a team or they aren't in a physical office, right? Even down to that mindset, that all those things are unnecessary. Yeah. If you want to have a stressful life as an entrepreneur, those things are unnecessary. So let's take a moment to thank our biggest sponsor of this podcast, TPM Focus, a strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for startups and small to medium-sized companies that are launching a new innovation or entering a new market. In a nutshell, if you're launching a new innovation or into a new market, we'll align your technology, marketing, sales, and customer success with your financial goals to ensure your company makes money while finding and solidifying your place in the market. It's nothing worse been stepping out there and the money isn't rolling in like you thought it would and even worse you're getting random bits of advice from random people and it's all conflicting causing you confusion we clear all that up and move you forward our customers earn their first millions with our strategies and if they want to raise money from investors they can because they have traction or they have the option to decide not to because revenue from customers create a healthy business for them anyway. Head over to tpmfocus.com to see testimonials and reach out if you'd like to work with us. When someone comes to you, first of all, is your ideal client a solopreneur, a tech founder, early stage founder? Like, what would you say is your typical client? So I love the question. Because one of the articles that I wrote is defining four stages of small businesses. And the first stage is that infant stage where you're an entrepreneur, you're thinking of an idea, you're thinking, you know, oh, I have something that I could really work well. And you start to sort of dabble in it. You start to build maybe a website, maybe some social presence. You start to think about things. Second stage is that rebellious teen where, you know, you have a business, things are starting to pick up, but everything is a mess. Mm-hmm. everything is an S like there's you're writing things in a notebook and you don't know which notebook was it the pink one <laughs> right. was it the blue one was it the yellow one uh-huh. right <laughs> yeah you recognize that right everybody goes through that the second stage is that you know leaving the nest because you're already flying solo you're working well you have a full roster of clients but now you know how do I communicate with them what's the process that I go through how do I make sure things are in place because you know now there's more than you know just two or three clients now you have maybe 5 10 15 clients at one time and the fourth stage is when you need to you know you need your communications fixed i call that the college stage because you know you're already mature enough as a business you know how things are running but communications you know, you have Slack and you have WhatsApp and you have email and you have social media messaging on different social media platforms. You may have a Discord server. You know, there's so many different places that you're communicating with your clients. And then how do I make sure that I'm covering all of those and not wasting all day just communicating? My ideal client is somewhere between stages two and three. 
Okay. It's people who have been in business for a while who know what their processes are, even if they don't realize that they know. They do have some sort of process. Yes, a client comes in, I write it in the green notebook, and then I'll write, I'll move it to a different notebook. It's a process, a terrible process, but it's a process. And then, or people that even have a few systems in place, but they're doing a lot of manual work because some, like 50% of my clients are totally non-tech savvy and 50% are very tech savvy and they just want it done for them. Just do it for me. <laughs> do you do that? You do it for yeah. them? Oh gosh, uh, yeah. I gotta so, talk uh, to you. Yeah, I got some <laughs> folks that could use your organization and your ideas around automation and streamlining workflows and all of that. It's very like I'm unique in that I don't just do definition or implementation. Right. I do the end-to-end solution sort of thing. Yeah. I got a question for you on that point then. So I always I have a running list, you know, I'm in the tech world. So I have like a running list of maybe like about five to 700 now different tools that can be used for different things. And it's just a list. And most of them I've used or used something similar to it and all of that. And so when people say, oh man, I really need to do this, is that, and other, because I work with a lot of founders and I'll say, well, it's already a tool that does that. So as you're trying to test the market, maybe don't code, don't build that just integrate this tool and see if that's actually useful to your customers. Yes. You see, you and I on the same, we see eye to eye. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Absolutely. It's like, why reinvent the wheel? (laughs) Right. Don't reinvent the wheel. And I know as time goes on, you want to incorporate certain workflows that's unique to your software. And I totally get that. But I think a lot of people implement or try to build things way too soon that is really unnecessary. So let me ask you this. The question comes back to, are you also a little crazy like me with 500 to 700 different tools that you know (laughs) off the top of your head? Yes and no. So when I started, I was going to write all this in list, like in in a spreadsheet. And then I was like, yeah, there's no point. Because by the time, if if I have to recommend a tool Mm -hmm. and I have to look it up, well, A, it's not, it hasn't left a proper impression. Mm-hmm. And B, the pricing that I have in my d- spreadsheet is not going to be up to date. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I was going to invest time in that. And then I'm like, I'm not investing time. So I do have a running list of different apps that I've tried. I also have a running list of passwords for all of these. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. No. Well, okay. I use LastPass. So everything yes. is in LastPass. I don't really remember anything. See, again, we're on the same page. You know, a lot of people (laughs) don't know password keepers like LastPass exists until they meet someone like you and I. They don't even know that exists. Right, Um, right. And there's LastPass and another good one that I like is 1Password, just for the record. They're two good ones. You, since we've been, and we've only been talking for a couple minutes now, you have mentioned about eight different tools just <laughs> since we talk. So I know you I have didn't a even repertoire. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know other people that do this? Oh yeah. There are quite a few in my field and actually a lot of them from my community, but I know people, a lot of people like in my community, I mean, worldwide community. Uh-huh. Like I know people in New Jersey. I know people in New York. I know people in Australia that do this. I'm trying to think if I, I know someone in South Africa that does this. Mm-hmm. I know. And he's brilliant. Like I know I, I make a point of connecting to people in my field. I don't see them as competition. Yeah. I see them nope. as collaborators mm-hmm. and colleagues. And I've written to some of them saying, okay, I got stuck here help, you know, because you yeah. do. And it's great to see that. And I'm also, my belief, this is, this comes from my faith, but my belief is that 
there's enough work. God puts enough work in this world for all of us. And what's yours is yours. And what's mine is mine. And you can't take mine. I can't take yours. That's right. So, you know, I I just love working with people that are in my field. But like I said, most of them don't do both workflow and implementation. A lot of them do either or. Yeah. So let me just tell you a little bit how to the audience, how I found Reed. My admin signed up for one of your challenges. I don't know if it was a challenge, but it was like a series that you did day one, day two. You know, you guys know how that's how, you know, that's popular with some folks where they'll kind of help you get organized or get your own stuff together by following a series of emails that may come once a day for, let's say, five days. Right. And she was like, wow, look at this. She shared it with me. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Your emails are so detailed that people can really get excited and think, hey, I'm going to do that. They don't actually make time to do it, though. So that's why they probably end up reaching out to you after going through the emails. Such great ideas. And you feel empowered, you know, reading your emails. Where did you even come up with the idea to do that? Like to kind of take folks on this journey and empower them to the point where they could say, oh, I can do this myself. I don't need to hire a read. You know what I mean? Yes. And I'm so, what you're saying now back to me, that's the voice of customer I was hoping for. Like that's exactly the reaction I wanted when people read my email list, when they read that first series. So when I was thinking of opening an email list, and I knew I needed a list because social media is rented space and you want people to have access to you without having to rely on an algorithm. So I went to a copywriter friend of mine who I'd work with and we more or less opened business at the same time. And she wrote my website and everything. And I said, I need a lead magnet. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And we brainstormed a few ideas. And finally we came up with, you know, let's build a workflow that's relevant to most people at like most businesses need what I wrote in that email, Mm -hmm. 11 email sequence. And it covers the fundamentals of most tech, like a tech that that a Mm -hmm. business will need. I wanted it to have value because my purpose, the mission that I've put for my business is exactly that, to empower other business owners to be able to do it on their own. When I write the email, I do not intend for people to say, oh, this is too complicated for me. Let's hire you read. That's a benefit. And it has happened. But I know that I found, I'm an autodidact, so I learned everything I can on my own. I found this knowledge freely and I want to share it freely. If anybody can do it on their own, yay, power to them. I'm here for them. And my entire blog on my website is here's how you can do it ungated on your own. Mm -hmm. And then I put a second tier, which is, I have walkthrough clips and pre-made zap automations and workflows that you can download based on what I've given away for free. If you want a step up, like someone who wants just a little bit of help in the beginning. And the third tier is if someone wants to hire me, but I don't expect people to come to my website and say, oh, this is too complicated. I'm going to hire you. You know, I, I want them to be able to do it on their own. I'm trying to give that value because I had zero budget when I opened my business. I gave notice to leave the startup I was working for February 12, 2020. I gave one month's notice. So my last day was March 12, 2020. Right the when the pandemic March 15. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The yeah. time. The world stopped that. March 15. And I turned to my husband and I said, nobody's going to hire me now. I'm just going to open my own business. So I had, it was like $100 to pay for the accountant to open up the different, I could do it my own, on my own. It was too complicated. I just paid an accountant mm-hmm. to open my financial entity. That was the budget I had, $100. That was it. And everything else, I just 
I did on my own. And I want other people to be able to do that because I really believe you should be living your dream life. Mm -hmm. You should not be living, working for someone in a job that's nine to five that you're miserable at, not seeing your family commuting. Well, nobody commutes anymore because we are remote, but you know, you should be happy with what you're doing. You should wake up invigorated in the morning, wanting to go to work. And so I want to empower people to be able to do that and streamline their business as easy as they can. Wow. That's inspiring. You absolutely do that. This question comes in a lot too. So I'm going to ask you this question for your business. So we know in marketing, that's really the theme now is ungated content, which basically means you don't have to put in an email address or anything to receive a download or a PDF or education or sometimes courses, right? Or just totally free and accessible to you. So folks are wondering, well, hey, if you're giving everything away for free, how does that translate into business for you? So how has that been for you? Have some folks, as you mentioned, some folks will will still reach out and hire you, even though your email series is so detailed. But do you find that cuts into people who would probably be a customer, but then they just decide I'll DIY it, you know, do it myself kind of thing? they wouldn't be a customer. If they're DIYing it, they would have found somewhere else to DIY it. This way they're DIYing it with me in mind and then they'll reach out to me and ask me. So they won't be a customer for this. They won't be a customer for the next one. But when it gets too complicated for them, they know where to go. I'm top of mind. And I have to tell you, and I thank God for this, my entire business is in my entire, I have not done one outbound call. That is fantastic. I'm not surprised though. And I say that because your content is fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. That's just the thing that the content is what sells when somebody gets on a call with me. And, you know, we mentioned this earlier, like this is me, this is who I am. Yeah. So if you've read my content, you're already pre-sold and I want business owners to focus on what they love doing. Mm -hmm. If you are, I don't know, caterer and you make, you know, let's say a baker and you make wedding cakes. I want you to focus on doing that. If I don't want you focusing on, wait, so an order comes in and then I have to put it where, and then how do I schedule it? And, you know, like I want it to be so streamlined that you just want to go in the kitchen and bake those cakes and decorate. And I want people to do what they love. And so if they need help with strategy, that's fine. But if they need help with implementation, I'm there for that. And some people need one and some people need the other and some people need both. Right. And the thing is, I'm happy to teach. So a lot of my work with my clients is, yes, I'm setting them up, but I'm also teaching them how to use what I've set up and then tweak it in the future. I don't want to, I wouldn't want them to have to pay me a retainer for life so that I can maintain it for them. I want them to feel empowered that this isn't so difficult. I I simplify it for them and it's supposed to be simple. So we're using certain terms that some folks may not necessarily know. We're talking about implementation and execute. You know, (laughs) to us, it's like second nature using those terms. But for example, I know that part of your email series even talks about like creating a course, right? And how different aspects of that, even using LMSs, which learning management systems, and then connecting certain things to that. You can really create a whole digital product business. That's one example of what I'm speaking of as far as like automating and workflows and all that. Can you share another example of a project you would do for someone? Yeah. So first of all, just I'm, I love that you use the example of a learning management system because I researched that for a few months and 
I went live with my results. And then two weeks later, an even better program came out. And then I was like, yes, this is my learning management system of choice. And it integrates so easily and simply and everybody can do it. Another example of a process is the most fundamental example for almost any business owner. And that is the lead to client onboarding process. So you're a consultant. If somebody wants to work with you, what is their process? They'll reach out to you. Like the overhead is they'll reach out. We'll have a call. If they're interested, I'll send a proposal or a contract. They'll sign it. We'll start. Every one of those steps that I've just mentioned has so many sub steps. Yeah. And many of them can be automated and streamlined. So with a press of a button, you get everything. You're not doing data entry and copy and paste and copy and paste and copy and paste. Mm -hmm. How do you send that proposal within seconds of the meeting rather than wait three days and five hours later? Right. And there are tools that, you know, there are tools that can together. do that. Everything I've mentioned today, I have a tool for. If you want, I'm, I can shout out the list. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know what? In reality, I keep trying to encourage my audience to get more active and engaged on LinkedIn, which is where I meet, you know, all of you brilliant people. And, you know, if there is a website you want to share or any other way to get in touch with you, how should they do that? At least so they can get access to, to even join your email list. So first of all, LinkedIn is where I'm active six days a week. I'm there Sunday through Friday, every day, definitely around 3 p.m. Eastern. You can find me in the DMs and also like, no, sorry, 3 p.m. My time, that's 8 p.m. Eastern. So eight, okay. eight or 9 p.m. Eastern on there. Yeah, because she's um, in Jerusalem, y'all. She's in Jerusalem. Right. So. <laughs> but my website is day, it's daybyday.biz, but with dashes, so day dash by dash day.biz. Mm -hmm. And I have an entire article section with tons of resources that people can read and try and do on their own. And it's very detailed. Some of them actually have clips that are free as well that you can see. I have a YouTube channel that, that I'm just starting to build out now. And two weeks ago, I started Twitter, but I'm not sure I'm staying. Yeah, I don't like Twitter that much. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a mix. You can find your tribe and stay in your zone, but it can be distracting because there's so much happening on there. There really is. It's really hard. You have to engage with people in order to grow yeah. a network. And it's hard to find, like, it's really hard. Like, it's totally different than LinkedIn. Totally. Everyone, I'm going to link, have a link in the show notes to her website and her LinkedIn page. So feel free to click the link and get access to this fantastic information. And just by the way, this is not a promotion or anything. I literally... <laughs> <laughs> followed her content. Well, it was my assistant introduced it to me and then we connected on LinkedIn. And so we support each other's content when it comes across our feed. LinkedIn is not really fair all the time. Would you say that? We're showing the content that you want to see, even though supposedly oh, the algorithm. Oh, yeah. Just ring the bell. People ring. If you like content, you of a content creator, ring their bell because it doesn't hundred percent work, but it's better than nothing. That's right. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Do you, is most of your clients where you live internationally or do you have, you know, equally amount in the U.S.? Like, how does that work with you? I have, most of my clients are from the U.S. I have clients in Australia. I've had from South Africa. I've had from Switzerland. Okay. I've had from Italy. I've had from the U.K. And do I they find you on one LinkedIn? 100%, except yep. for one client who was a referral and she's been with me since day one. All of them are 100% LinkedIn. Wow. 
All right. I'm telling you the power of LinkedIn, but I want to, I just wanted to share a little bit about you with my audience, because I know some folks in my network who really need a service like yours. And you know what? The interesting thing about it is most of the time when they will ask me for, oh, hey, I need help with like just tools and like putting all this stuff together. Do you know a developer? That is the number (laughs) one comment. And I'm like, well, that's not really the role of a developer. They'll want to build something, not necessarily tell you what tool to use and then connect it to existing tools. So that's why it's for me, finding you was so refreshing because that, that request comes up so often. So I just wanted my audience to know that you exist because a lot of the tech founders actually have tech enabled businesses, right? They're not really creating anything from scratch. And the automations help them get to the next level without putting in too much money because most of the products used are subscription, right? So it's month to month. You don't need it. it you disconnect. Exactly. It. Yeah. And, and the, they're usually tiered subscriptions. Mm-hmm. So you have to just know what each tier includes and what you need. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to go and buy an enterprise plan if, you know, a pro yeah. plan is enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of times, what you know, especially when they were just getting started, the free works just fine <laughs> until you get. I you yeah, get, I recommend ninety percent of the tools that I recommend are freemium, ninety percent, except for two that I recommend that don't have a free plan. All the rest have a free plan. My my top tools, like my tech stack, the ones that I love. Well, um, can you name some of them? Just name some off the top of your head. So for project management, my favorite tool is Asana. For data management, my favorite tool is Airtable, and both of those have freemium packages, and you can totally use them for free for a lot, Like, and they integrate amazingly. For integrations, I love Zapier. That also has a free plan of five zaps, but they're only one-step zaps, so you'd be better off upgrading to a starter plan, which is around 20 bucks a month if paid annually. Mm-hmm. And for the learning management system, my tool of choice is Thrivecart. And that's a one-time lifetime payment and no monthly fees, which I think is brilliant because it's yours forever. So if you offer lifetime value to a course, you don't have to pay lifetime to whatever tool you're hosting your course on. Oh, that's, that's just- fantastic. So you can just tie in your your Stripe account or whatever. You don't have to pay them per, because you know some of these platforms right. you have to pay them per- Oh no, do not go to Gumroad. You're going to be paying forever and you're paying a lot because the, the first is the other is 9%. One. Teachable also uh-huh. takes a, a, a cut yep. of your money. Thinkific. And then if you want it to integrate, yeah, Thinkific mm-hmm. also, they're great tools. Thinkific and Teachable, I really like them both, but mm-hmm. they're both, you're going to pay $100 a month if you want integration with ActiveCampaign, yeah. for example, which is my email yeah. service of choice. So, you know, absolutely, you want to find something that can, you can give your customers lifetime access, but, you know, still not have to pay through the nose. The only thing I haven't, 100% closed my, like found the right tool for is a networking tool. I'm kind of leaning towards Mighty Networks, but I'm not 100% sure yet. Yeah. And... Yeah. <laughs> I know some folks that's considering that one right now too. Yeah. So that's where I'm leaning towards. And for scheduling, please, for everything you ever cared about, please check out Schedule Once. Oh. It is a free tool. Mm-hmm. It's free and now? You get, Wait a minute. It, no, it's Schedule free now? Once has, 
Schedule once has always been free. The only reason you would have to upgrade is if you want branding, which you can sort of get around if you. Oh yeah, I had that. Okay, no wonder. And I was like, I used to have a paid account. Like, yeah, I had branding. I, on. So for branding, or for if you want your notifications to be like, you want to create your own custom notifications yeah. because they give everything else is free, and it is so phenomenal. I know you use yeah. Acuity, which I'm not going to say. I do about, now. But but I was a yeah. loyal schedule oncer. I was. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. It's an amazing tool, especially for small business owners who can't afford, you know, Acuity Calendly. And I think the workflow in schedule ones, by the way, if you used to be and now you're you're not, you should know they've now upgraded. You could have more than three booking pages. Like they've totally changed it. It's a phenomenal tool. This is the great thing about the work that you do and what we're talking about as far as a lot of the tools folks can use being subscription-based. It's not hard for me to come from Acuity and go back to schedule once or try. Like when you feel that there is another tool that better meets your needs, there isn't a lot of friction with moving over. And the thing is, this is what I wanted to ask you, Arit. Do you help with that? Yes. So there's certain tools that are very easy to move over. Mm -hmm. Scheduling is one of them that's fairly easy to move over. Mm -hmm. There are other tools where it's more complex to move over. If somebody's working with MailChimp and they create their list and they create these sequences and they're paying yeah. through the nose and getting really bad delivery and really bad design and whatever, mm -hmm. then then I would definitely tell them, you know, move over to Active Campaign yesterday. And mm -hmm. that is more complex. Active Campaign actually does have a migration process. So some tools will help you with the migration. You don't have to pay someone like me. Yeah. And some tools won't help you with the migration. And then that's where I come in. But again, depending on the tool, if you're moving from Teachable, Thinkific, or MemberVault or Kajabi or Podia to Thrivecart, setting it up in Thrivecart is so much easier than it is on all those other platforms. I literally, we can sit here and I, we can probably <laughs> go through and analyze like kind of everything on my, in my list. Like mine is not organized. It's, oh yeah, let me remember this tool and I'll just copy the URL and just put the name next to it. And when I can't think of something to recommend to someone, I'll just, you know, do a search in my Evernote. I use Evernote. And then I'm like, oh, this is the tool. And then I'll look at the list and say, oh, wow, this one went out of business. This one went out of business. This one was right, bought. Right. This one is no longer available. And it's just interesting to see how much the world evolves in such a short amount of time when it comes to things available that you really don't have to code from scratch, you know, to get the automations you need. Exactly. So, there's probably, if you need it, probably there's a tool that already can do it. Yep. Totally. So Ari, I just want to thank you so much for spending this time with me. Like I wish My sometimes <laughs> with these kind of episodes, I'm like, I might bore you guys in the audience with getting too geeky, but I could literally <laughs> sit here and talk with you about different tools and why I like this one. And what do you think about that one? And we can go all day with this, but I want to, <laughs> I want to thank you Absolutely. for sharing. <laughs> for sharing your time and your expertise with our audience. And I'm going to link her website in the show notes. And I hope you guys go ahead and follow her and learn really how to remove some of the stress from your plate as you try to grow your companies. That's a wrap. If you have any questions for me that you'd like me to answer during the show, feel free to text me. Yes, text me at 470-400-8008 and that's 470-400-8008 and I'll answer it on the show. 